0: Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in
1: Grace. Hey, thanks for tuning in. It's Growing in Grace, Joel Brzezinski, Mike Kapler. Growingandgrace.org. Everything is uh, archived there, all the past podcasts. And you can also, uh, if you're the type of person who uses Twitter, Facebook, and all that stuff, I'm at Graceroots on Twitter and Grace Graceroots, where we uh, post a lot of the podcasts and other status updates and stuff like that. So uh, check us out online in those ways. And of course, Feel free to tell a friend about the podcast, and again, everything can be found at growingandgrace.org. Mike Kapler is with me. How's things going, Mr. Kapler? You are
0: such a technical geek, it's ridiculous. I still walk around with a sign and a long beard that
1: just says, Repent. <laughs> well, that's that's one way to get the message across. <laughs> no, I I am on face. <laughs> I am on Facebook. I mean, I,
0: at least I've gotten that much accomplished. But. I did
1: notice you look like you got camel hair in this. You're trying to cover it up in your Skype picture here.
0: <laughs> oh, and those locusts. I love those things. Yeah, but,
1: yummy chocolate um, covered.
0: But you know, as as techy as you are, I still noticed that you told everybody thanks for tuning in. Yeah, like they like they've got their <laughs> grandfather's old AM/FM radio there. They're on trying your to transistor
1: get transistor radio. <laughs> All of our podcasts available on vinyl record if you send probably a lot of money for us to try to produce it that way these days.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I would think so. Well, last week we were talking about the true deliverance of sin that Jesus brought us out of. And something you mentioned at the end of the program, Joel, I'm glad you decided to go this direction, because we, we did talk about the flesh last week a little bit, and you pointed out at the end of the program that most people will think of flesh as just, you know, doing bad stuff, sinful things. But uh, there's another component to the flesh that can sometimes look pretty good. I like to call it religious flesh, and it's really more uh, rooted in self-righteousness, which, of course, that's what the the Jewish people under the Old Covenant, they were ignorant. The, The Bible tells us in Romans 10, they were ignorant of God's righteousness, because they were trying to establish their own righteousness. Of course, God's righteousness is, is really the, one of the key cornerstones of the gospel, that his righteousness has, has now become a part of us. So, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you uh, decided to open up this discussion.
1: Yeah, and I think that's true. In the, under the Old Covenant, a lot of them, pretty much all of them, were trying to establish their own righteousness through the works of the law. And in a lot of ways, that seemed natural to them. God had given them the law, and so I guess we're supposed to follow the law in order to maintain our righteousness in front of him, not realizing that something that was actually told to them, it was actually some, a promise that was made to Abraham that they, not, that they didn't necessarily understand, but a promise made to their father Abraham was that something else would come through which they would be justified, having nothing to do with the law, but yet they went about trying to seek a form of righteousness that had to do with their performance. And now, under the New Covenant, there's a lot of Christians, and again, yeah, we're not trying to put anybody down, it's just that a lot of people are mixing these two covenants together, and they're looking at things that are written in the Old Covenant, and they're trying to incorporate those things into modern-day Christianity, into the New Covenant, and that mixture is where things go wrong. Because you see, the new covenant in its purest form is the finished work of Jesus Christ, and that we have been given righteousness not through our performance, but through the performance of Christ as, as a gift. And when we mix in the performance that they were trying to do under the old covenant, when we mix that into Christianity, we get what you were calling their cap, religious flesh. It's a performance mentality. Thinking that through the flesh, the, through the things that we do, the good things that we do, thinking that we can maintain a right standing with God through the good things that we do, that's the religious flesh that you're talking about, and that's what, you know, Paul had said that he had to, you know, get rid of in order to have Christ. Yeah, and I think you used a key
0: word there that keeps a lot of people in bondage, and, and that's the word maintain, because a lot of people, they, they come to Christ, right? I mean, they profess Christ, they confess Him as Lord, they... They believe in their heart, in him, and, and uh, in the work that he did while on the earth and at the cross. And so they, they come to faith, all right? And they, they know it's a free gift, at least uh, in their mind. They, they understand the, the concept of, okay, I, I need a Savior and Jesus did this. He's not going to charge me anything for it. And I, I can just, it's free because that's what they're being told is that it's free. And so they, they, they call on Christ and they trust in him. And, but now they develop this mentality either on their own or through various kinds of teaching that might be out there that they're exposed to. And that is, it's like the slate has been wiped clean. And now the responsibility is on them to try to move forward living a godly lifestyle. And doing their best and trying to maintain this gift of righteousness, this gift of salvation that's been given to them at no charge. But somehow they still feel that the need to live up to a certain standard so that this
1: thing doesn't slip away on them, right? Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, and, and I understand that because a lot of us are programmed with that inclination to, to feel that it's up to us to do this thing. I've got to do this thing. God wants me to do this thing. But God all along is saying, I did this thing. I did it. I did it for you because you never could do it. And, you know, this even goes into when we're stuck with certain sins, when we're stuck with certain things that we feel like we can't overcome, our flesh, our religious flesh, will try to kick in, will try to perform some good things to try to make up for our sins, thinking that somehow through the good that we do, uh, that we can you know, get on God's good side again. But the truth is, we never did get on God's bad side because of the bad things of the flesh. And because of the good things that the flesh can do, we can't get ourselves any more right with God. And we can't get ourselves, quote, back to God. You know, again... We never got away from God just because of the things that we did. It's always been based upon the finished work of Jesus Christ and the gift of righteousness, of his very own righteousness that we're walking. And and so, you know, when we're caught up in that mindset of our performance, that is the flesh. Again, sometimes we think of the flesh as only the bad things that we do, those evil, dirty sins that we do. But the flesh can be the good things that we try to do to try to maintain and to either attain right standing without or or to maintain it.
0: Yeah, and you know one of the great mysteries of the gospel, or it used to be a mystery, but it's now a, a former mystery that's been revealed, and that's Christ in you, the hope of glory. Paul stated. So Christ in you. Think about this for a minute. I think sometimes we just we gloss over this, and it's it's hard for us to. To grasp in our minds, but by his spirit, Jesus Christ, the living Christ, the same one who was crucified and walked the earth performing all those miracles, the same one who created uh, the world from its foundation and everything in it, lives in you. I mean, this is phenomenal. He is in you. And so, now, and, and I had a little trouble. With what I'm about to say, Joel, I had a little trouble grasping this when I first came to grace. I, I couldn't quite differentiate between this and, and me trying to perform and, and do good. But it's it's Christ living in us now, okay? We died. Technically, we, we don't have Jesus in our life. He is our life. Mm-hmm. And this life that we now have in us we yield to it and and it flows through us that the life of Christ so it's no longer based on my efforts to perform we were talking before we came on about the the fruit of the Spirit is talked about in in the book of Galatians The first of all just that phrase alone says a lot the fruit of who not me you know the fruit of the Spirit because we are not able to produce fruit now it may look like it sometimes And there's, you know, a lot of fake fruit out there, fruit that's not real, but there's only one who can really bear the fruit. We're just branches, all right? Jesus is the vine, and he bears the fruit through us. So I'm not just out to try my best to love others and and to have self-control and to have joy and, you know, those kinds of things those things live through me because of Christ not because of, of my effort and I, I to me that was a fine line when I first came to grace because I, I had been programmed a certain way Joel like a lot of people with religion and and you know different things we've been taught from various uh, backgrounds but once I started to get that man you talk about being able to rest a little easier that was nice
1: rest easy that's right and that is a difficult thing <laughs> to rest I know uh, it's hard to rest I- yeah. And and it shouldn't be, but, but it is, because like you say, the way we've been programmed, especially in the church, just because of the misunderstandings that the church has had about how this life in Christ is lived out, again, like you said very well, it's not us, and it's not just that Christ is in us, but He is our life. And that is a hard concept when the church has made it all about our performance for Christ. It's like the church makes a case that we need to perform well for God. When really what we get from the scriptures is that Christ is in us and he performs through us. (laughs) He performs the good things, the fruit of the Spirit through us. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. All of that stuff, we're down here busy, you know, trying to be producing all of these things for God. Thinking of God as up there somewhere and we're trying to do all these things for him. When uh, the reality is that he is in us, the fruit of, like you said, who? The fruit of the spirit. Have you seen that Geico commercial with those owls? Yes. She's, she's like, I'm going over to so-and-so's house. He's like, who? And then she's <laughs> like, you know, so-and-so. <laughs> who? Well, sometimes I think we get that way with the spirit. It's the fruit of the spirit. Who? As <laughs> if, where is he? he? What's he got to do with this? What's the spirit got to do with this? I'm trying to do this for him. But really, it's um, instead of wondering where he is at in all of this, we've got to realize that the Spirit is at the center of all of this. It's the fruit of the Spirit, not the fruit of our religious flesh.
0: Yeah, so coming back to religious flesh again, like what you just mentioned, I, to me, any time that we're trying to establish favor with God through what we do, then we've probably stepped over into the flesh. Just like you know think of some of the sins out there we don't have to start mentioning sins specifically, but uh, I'm sure many will come to mind just mentioning the word sin probably <laughs> 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 probably there's all kinds of stuff that runs through your mind right because that's the way we've been programmed but and the flesh can can be you know the flesh can be involved with that but oftentimes we step off into trying to establish, at least to a certain degree, establish our own right standing with God or maintaining it, as we said earlier, and uh, that that gets you off into the flesh, too. And, uh, you know, the, the Pharisees were like that, and of course, most of the Jewish people were because that's kind of what the Old Covenant encouraged through the law.
1: Yeah, that's what the law did. Sin was increased through the law. That's what Paul said. And I guess, you know, a lot of what we're talking about here, we can follow up on some of this next week, you know, how Paul talked about how in order to have Christ, there was something he had to give up. Now, a lot of people think they have to give up sin, they have to give up all of the bad stuff that they used to do. And while it is good to stop doing the stuff that perhaps we used to do, that's not what Paul gave up in order to have Christ. What Paul gave up was his efforts to live by the law. So coming up next week. Chat about that right here on Growing in Grace at growingandgrace.org.
0: This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brizeke, heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org, share it with a friend, and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.